Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Today, Bradley and myself have the pleasure to speak with the team at Kurinos. And since there are three of you joining us this week, let's start off by letting you all introduce yourself, and then we'll go right into the story and what Kurinos is about and what you do. So let's start with Sarah. Thanks so much. Um, excited to be here. Uh, so I'm Sarah Welch. I'm a managing director for the Amplero platform at Kiranos, and Amplero is a technology platform that drives personalization um, in in marketing. And um, have spent the better part of my career at the intersection of marketing and technology and data. Thank you, and welcome to the show. And next we have Soraya. Well, hi there. I'm Soraya Randawa. Um, I'm the head of omni-channel experience here at Kiranos, and um, what I look at is a, a real focus on understanding the qualitative customer experiences, whether through its in-branch or contact centers, but mostly around digital, and have a real focus on understanding the digital experience and the digital user experience. Um, it, my past is very much, uh, I would say, in terms of market research, a real focus on financial services, customer market research. And welcome to the show. Good to see you virtually. And last but not least, we have Rigger. Yes, hi. So my name is Rutger Van Fossen. Uh, I'm responsible for industry ecosystems as part of our innovation and new markets team. Uh, my background is in consumer lending, benchmarking, and predictive analytics. It's fun, that, that's, that's the fun part. Um, so let's start off with your company, Kira knows what it does, and actually curious about how did the name came about? Yeah, so it's a combination. So Kira knows is a combination of the words customer, innovation, and the Latin word knows, which stands for us, um, for us working with our customers. So we work with all our financial services customers to help them navigate today and anticipate tomorrow so that they can make better decisions faster. Let's let's talk about some of that. Uh, you know, financial institutions. Uh, I've I've been a part of a whole bunch of them, and I, I will tell you, they sit on a lot of data. There's so much data though that gets unused, uh, whether it's because the data is sitting in disparate systems that are really not playing well together. Uh, maybe it's the lack of expertise or the resources, and not that many institutions really tap into all of the power that that data has. Can you guys tell us about your Amplero tool then, and then how it helps? financial institutions really unlock some of that data. Absolutely happy to. And and you're you're right. Financial institutions actually are sitting on kind of a mother load of data. Um, but um, you know, the it's been hard to get at. They're in disparate systems, as you say. Um, and I think uh, you know, really the ability to leverage the digital exhaust that's coming from customer interactions and customer transactions is really been um, something that those with scale could do. But until kind of recently, those without sort of the, the massive scale of a chase of a Bank of America couldn't really wrap their arms around and, and leverage that that data to drive more personally relevant interactions with with customers. Um, you know, if you think about what is required to to get at and use that data productively, you need customer data platforms that give you a 360 degree view of the customer, and you need certainly an army of 
uh, data engineers to set those kinds of things up. You need analytical workbenches and armies of PhDs to be able to comb through the data that's coming into those systems to figure out, well, what are the models that we're going to develop um, and sort of use productively to drive interactions on a go-forward basis? And you need marketing orchestration platforms and an army of marketing technologists um, to engineer more relevant journeys for, for customers. And then you need armies of analysts on the other end to analyze how are things working and what's what's driving results and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, it, it is a, a time intensive, labor intensive, technology intensive process, or at least it has been. And um, Amplero is a platform that organizes, um, it, it both organizes your customer data and it uses machine learning and AI to actually automate uh, the ability to leverage that data productively in marketing interactions and customer interactions. So it, when it's connected to your data sources, um, it is going to automatically generate clean, organized customer level data, that 360 degree uh, view of a customer that's updated every 24 hours um, for use in kind of marketing data marts and, and analytics. And um, it has been tuned specifically for financial services. So it is not a generic customer data platform, which is part of why you don't need armies of people to, to implement it necessarily. Um, and it has literally thousands of proprietary metrics or algorithms that are taking in that customer data and creating whole new series of derived attributes, things like discretionary liquid balance or deposit to loan ratios or kind of interaction summaries um, from across your, your marketing interactions. And so because it comes in with that library of metrics, it gets you up and running with a customer data platform much more quickly. And then it also is connecting to your downstream pipes, to your email service providers, your apps um, or in-app interstitial delivery modes, your text platforms, your ATM platforms, your uh, any kind of messaging platform. And it is watching and learning kind of what's happening downstream as well from, from your interactions. So, um, it is taking all of that data every day and organizing it and updating it and enriching it for, for use. So it's a good leeway to, to something else um, that we talk about quite often is one of the areas we found most interesting is using that data, right? That you're just talking about identifying what is the right tone? Uh, what are the messaging components that you need to talk to customers? What is going on behind the scenes in the way how you help your clients and use the data to talk to their customers the, bad, the best way? How, how do they continue to learn and change the tone and setting the right tone? And more importantly, driving more empathy towards understanding what customers need. Yeah, it's such a good question. And because there usually is such a gap between sort of the data and analytics and actually being able to activate on those insights in real time. And that is a gap that the employer platform is closing. And it's doing that with machine learning and AI. And, and effectively what's happening is 
the platform is really using sophisticated test and learn uh, technology or approaches to constantly put out stimuli at an individual level and look at downstream response to that stimuli and adjust and learn what's working, what's not working. So what that means in terms of uh, being able to really anticipate what your customers might need or want, um, is it your effectively your marketing and analytics teams will configure this platform they'll be thinking about what are the business challenges that we have at hand uh, whether that's onboarding new customers productively or developing deeper relationships with customers or driving something like financial wellness they'll have hypotheses about what are creative and offer stimuli that are likely to drive desired downstream response. Um, and they'll load up uh, the platform with offer and creative libraries that then the platform is using to run thousands of individual test and learn experiments and learn what's working, what's not working, and sort of dynamically adjust what's getting delivered. So you can, if we take onboarding as an example, if funding is something that, let's say all of us are new customers to a bank, none of us have funded our accounts, the platform uh, will learn well, for Theo, you know, you need a push notification on your phone with a go look at your email for, you know, an, an incentive basically to get you to fund your account, whereas Soraya might just need a, a behavioral economic message or nudge that sort of gets her over, over the transom, or Rutger might need a funny message. So it's, it is able through experimentation, that really is the linchpin for being able to, to, to drive that level of, of personalization and insight. So experimentation is the vehicle that drives real personalization, and that's what the platform does. Well, and, and speaking of sort of different audiences, you know, we wrote about community banks and credit unions and different types of models in our book, Beyond Good, about why it's important to have a robust financial services system that has a lot of different players and sort of a lot of different parts of the model. Um, just like you talk to your customers in a different way uh, based on what they really respond to, that community-based institution, sometimes they don't have the resources that uh, larger institutions uh, might have. So can you talk a little bit about your work with maybe smaller financial institutions and credit unions in the way that you're helping them personalize their digital offerings and leveraging that data from their customers and from their members? Like why, why, why would a potential client work um, with you in membership advantage, for instance? Well, so I think when we think about community banks and credit unions, we, we really need to think about how we can bring a sort of a broader world to their sort of uh, offer, as you said, with, with, with their limitations in terms of their budgets. And it's really thinking about how they can progress in delivering that digital offer that's very specific to their communities, or actually their, their specific membership itself. Now, uh, at a sort of very sort of initial level, part of this is, is working with us, particularly when we think of a digital experience or a digital advisory, we're actually using our digital banking hub tool to learn from a range of innovations. So not just from the large supranationals, right? So it's not just the big digital teams with the big budgets, 
but also, uh, you know, learning from the fintechs who have that limitation as well, thinking about those innovations and how they're using data and the experiences that they're building, but also, also bringing them examples from other community banks and credit unions who are also innovating. And, and I think for that, it's also a very convincing case if you think about that, if other credit unions are able to do this and able to implement something that's new and different, to be able to talk to their board around that. Now, this could be, um, you know, using data in a different way really doing an approach where it's more of an experience-based approach. So if you think about how most financial institutions approach things, it's very much around product, right? And then it's kind of thinking about, well, how do we bring a customer into a journey? And sometimes if you can't access that data, Brad, sometimes it's, it's actually allowing customers to self-select based on their needs or their jobs to be done. So thinking about how we create a navigational journey that enables them to sort of self-identify for the product selection and also based on their customer goals and needs. And that's using a data in a different way. Um, it, going further sometimes, and you know, I, I know sometimes you may be surprised, but from a sales approach, you could even embed something like asynchronous chat, uh, like what BECU does, or even digital assistance like Affinity SEU. You know, sometimes you don't have the contact center available 24 seven, but the customers want to engage with you at different times. You can also use their data and also a sort of Q&A approach to have a conversational approach to move them onto their happy path rather than forcing them to sort of navigate through. So I think there's a number of things that we can do. But then if we think about, you know, customers and members more holistically, uh, it's also thinking about how we enable them to see the benefits and advantages, for example, for being a member. Yeah, maybe I can weigh in there a little bit about membership advantage because you mentioned that. So membership advantage is actually a way how we put our data to use, right? So we collect a lot of data from the industry around rates and fees. And this is actually a sort of a very actionable solution. It's, it is a um, dashboard that shows customers what the actual monetary benefit is of being a member of a credit union, right? So to your point to sort of say, hey, if I have a mortgage, I have a, an auto loan, I have a checking account, um, what does that cost? at a average bank in my geography? And what does it cost at a credit union? And then actually being able to put a dollar number on that, because um, we also know that there's a lot of affinity that people have with credit unions, but there's certainly also this cost advantage. So actually saying, hey, what is the value of being a member of the credit union? And actually putting a dollar sign on that, that's a way how we sort of put the vast amount of data that we have into a very sort of actionable solution. So speaking of dollar sign, curious to know what part of the business model is currently generating the most interest from your clients, from lending, from commercial consumer loans, or, or are financial institutions focused on growing customer base and onboarding new customers? And what are some of the biggest impacts, if you guys can talk this through, that you've helped make possible? Yeah, there, there's, like everything in life, there's not just one one focus, right? Everyone's focused on multiple things. So obviously with, with most of the institutions that we work with being flush with deposits, of course they are looking for ways to put that to good use in, in lending. Um, but at the same time, I think what's also been very important, especially through this pandemic, is sort of a, a, a top-notch digital experience, right? And I think um, Soraya can maybe talk a little bit more about that, but I think there's been lots of focus on that. So I don't know, Soraya, if you wanna add to that. 
Absolutely. I think, I think, you know, what, what we saw in 2020 was a full range of clients, right? From tier ones through to community banks, through to fintechs, uh, actually actively approaching us uh, about finessing that digital and omni-channel journey. Um, and, and I think, you know, if we think about this, a large part was around digital onboarding and digital account openings and how, how do we facilitate this? And this is on both sides of the balance sheet, whether it's deposit accounts, whether it's lending products. It was just thinking about that there's sort of full range of demands in terms of how, how do we get that customer journey to be completed as much as possible on digital? Um, and, and I think when we think about that from a from business perspective, right, this, is, this was fundamental. If a customer couldn't go into a branch, if a customer couldn't go onto a contact center, and to a certain degree, uh, there's still you know trepidation around that um how do you actually facilitate this and also how what are the aspects that you can do online that you know to make that journey a lot easier so whether it's using account linking and using again we're talking about data right using using a sort of apis that these like vendors like plaid would provide to be able to do account linking to do funding for example uh, using things like selfie verification to be able to do, uh, you know, identity ver verification rather than having to do, you know, a, a sort of more long-winded journey where you have to go into a branch to show who you actually are, and you know, those are those are things in digital onboarding journeys which make things very quick. Now, there's a, the part where the act customer acquisition is really important, but also at the same time, if you think about this, is the efficiency aspect, and I think there was a real efficiency aspect if we think about the impact of the last year. It wasn't just the fact that you know contact centers are also very costly, but it, they were being overloaded. So thinking about basic things like account management, how do I create a really easy account management journey so that you know, when you call, you don't have to call in for a change of address. You don't have to call in for a change of, of your email or password journeys. All that account management is within your platform. But it's not just, you know, just having it within your digital platform, whether it's an app or online, but also how easy is that journey? For example, if you change an address, is it the case that you have to type everything in? Can your address be found automatically in using that data to be able to link to that? Um, and, and I think the other part, which I think is also really important as we move along this, is that the world continues to open up, is thinking about how do you then sort of manage your servicing inquiry? You can start the customer off digital, right? But then how do you hand that inquiry into branch, particularly when you think about customers who are customer segments, which are particularly profitable, but you want to talk to them. You want to perhaps spend a little bit more time with them to, to be able to do that. And also for more complex product journeys like mortgage as well. So many brands have worked to have a full online journey, which is great, but there are certain times where you may need to actually speak to someone and you know how do you make that branch appointment how do you make it a lot easier considering that you do have to make appointments to speak to someone nowadays so um, there there has been a, a great demand for managing servicing as well as in terms of onboarding customers on digital and i would just add the you know in addition to the the product innovation and sort of enabling digital opening and servicing there is a transformation that's also been really urgent um, as part of this shift to digital in terms of building digital relationships at scale and digital channels, right? And you know, when you don't have that interpersonal, uh, as Soraya mentioned, interaction to drive relationship value, 
um, you need to find ways to, to drive that value productively in, in digital channels. So that's been another, you know, across both sides of the balance sheet, important part of this transformation to kind of a digital first orientation. And, you know, we have, we have certainly seen um, a massive gap in terms of the quality of customers that are coming in and opening new accounts in branch versus digital channels. I mean, it's a chasm, 10X kind of difference in terms of how long they stick around, how many balances or how much utilization you get from those customers. And so, you know, this, this shift to account opening digitally is only going to increase over time, right? That's not going to go away. What we have to figure out is how do you close the gap on the relationship stickiness and value that that happens um, and do that at scale in digital channels. That's another really big, big piece of it. Yeah, the, the pandemic has certainly changed our digital habits and uh, our relationships. Um, can you talk about some of the ways that you're helping your clients understand how customers are using those digital offerings and the way that you help your clients look at competitors through those visual journeys and the offerings that they have? Uh, how do you, you get your clients to leverage the information to improve their services for their customers and members? So we we have a, uh, a platform called the Digital Banking Hub, and the Digital Banking Hub enables exactly what, you, what you've just said, Brad, in terms of actually visibly seeing what their competitors are doing across a range of financial products from checking accounts, savings, credit cards, loans, uh, mortgages, and all those journeys have their, you know, their differences, whether, you know, from an onboarding journey or even a servicing journey thinking about the deposit servicing journey and the lending servicing journey. And those journeys really vary across uh, across our clients and their competitors' peer sets. And what we bring to them is actually the visual evidence of actually what that actually looks like from end to end, whether it's from start how I apply for an account from start to the end, whether I make how I make a Zelle payment from the, from the start to the, to, to the end of that journey. And, and, and what we enabled to do is we, we take a very, I, I like to put it this way, uh, a very structured approach to unstructured data. If you imagine quantifying a journey and understanding the buttons <laughs> that you're pressing, the fields that you're, en you're entering. Uh, and what we then do is we structure that within a capability model to really enable our, our, our clients who use the digital banking hub to understand, well, how, how do I actually benchmark my journey? How does my journey stack up against my peers and also the rest of the wider market? So it could be, as, you, as we talked about, credit unions looking at other credit unions, but also credit unions looking at something wider. Um, for, our, for our big supranationals thinking about how do I stack up against uh, global banks, for example. And, and so when we think about that, it, it just gives them a really clear view in terms of what they can do versus what the rest of the market can do. And this has many uses. So one, you know, it enables them to understand tracking. So what are the changes that are happening in the market? Who's doing what? We talked about experimentation in the beginning. I love tracking that experimentation. Which brands are doing a lot of experimentation and changing their journeys? Uh, should I be paying attention to the revolutes of the world? Yes, you should. Uh, what, you know, and then also if we think about uh, brands or 
that really rely on vendors as well. So what is my vendor implementing? Perhaps also, what is my vendor implementing with other brands? And that's particularly applicable when we think of community banks and sort of the regional banks as well, as well as credit unions. Um, you know, am I behind? Should I be doing something or should I be requesting something different from them? And then, of course, you know, there's there's always everyone's favorite topic, regulation. So when regulation comes in, right, you always want to have a look in terms of how are my competitors actually implementing these newly regulated journeys or this is going to happen in my market pretty soon. And I know this is perhaps happening you know, elsewhere in Australia and the UK. Uh, what are they doing? What can I see um, in terms of what's happening here? And of course, I think there's a very, very basic sort of most important part, which is about customers. Right? So how am I making my journeys more efficient for my customers? Are there different ways that I should be communicating and visualizing that journey from a design point of view? Should I be using a different sequencing? We most recently did a piece of work uh, where we looked at the sequencing of the journeys and sort of helped a client adjust their sequencing to be you know, more in line in terms of what user expectations would be. And then finally, of course, it's about engagement. You know, thinking about how you get the customers engaged and continually interacting with the bank. As, as, as Sarah said, you know, these are so these areas are so important in terms of ensuring that uh, digital doesn't have a you know a distant relationship you want to have a much closer relationship and you want to have that inbuilt within your platform so we talked about building digital relationships at scale we talked about using data in new ways and in the very beginning of our discussion, we talked about the name Kurnos, which include customer innovation numbers. So can you talk about packaging all this together before we wrap up? What are the, some of the more interesting ways that you think you'll be helping clients today, tomorrow, and where is the company going next? Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great question. And yes, we put innovation in our name uh, to indicate that we are constantly looking to innovate. Um, first, we help our customers sort of navigate today, and I think that's an important part to start, right, by showing them where they are and what Soraya was describing, right, sort of say, hey, what's the lay of the land? How do I compare? Um, and then we help them make better, faster decisions, anticipating what's coming next, right? And sometimes we talk about this as sort of looking around corners, right, trying to anticipate what's coming and how can I get ready for that? And we do that by, by combining our rich data sets and our deep industry knowledge to generate predictive analytics that really sort of go that extra mile and help anticipate tomorrow to sort of say, hey, what is next and how should I be ready for that? Um, and, and maybe Sarah, you can talk a little bit about how you do that in, in your part of the, of the company um, and how you see innovation. Sure, so um, marketing is a, it's a broad remit, right? There's, um, there is, um, benchmarking, we sort of think about there the the insight right on on navigating today is really around benchmarking, um, and so that's looking at how are you investing in marketing and where are you apportioning those dollars in marketing and are you getting a good ROI from that investment overall? 
relative to your peers. Um, and so that is an incredibly valuable benchmark. In terms of peeking around corners um, and also doing a, a better job with efficiency today, um, we have a lot of models, um, predictive audience models that are useful in deployment, um, in uh, acquisition activities and the Amplero platform sort of data organization um, and, and sort of metrics really allows for very sophisticated segmentation um that lets you get sort of more more personally relevant and then on the optimization front um we are helping customers kind of with the dynamic optimization of what exactly are you putting out there in terms of interactions for customers um is it working um and sort of just dynamically adjusting it um, and that's really helping the 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 true digital transformation um, and enabling it in uh, with way fewer resources required. Well, so with that, thank you so much, three of you, for joining our so show today. And thank you, Soraya. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Rucker. And thank you all for listening in to another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>